Welcome to the Indestructible Podcast, hosted by Danny Connell. Hey, what's going on, heroes? I am back from my lengthy hiatus on the podcast. I have been busy, though. I've come with huge news this week. As some of you may have seen on my Instagram posts, I have officially begun production on directing, writing, and starring in my very first feature film. If you guys have followed my career up to this point, it's kind of been a progression that I'm, I'm happy to say that I was always able to sort of build up to this point. I began doing short films online. You guys know last year we did It Happened One Day in East LA, which is still now currently streaming on Amazon Prime. It's won a couple awards. We're still submitting it to a couple film festivals here and there. And now, I'm now currently in production on The Fall, my first feature film. Thank you guys so much for these past couple years supporting the podcast, supporting me, helping me get to this point. And I've put together an incredible cast and crew. Lucy, Daniel, Kyle, Michael, Hawk, Steve, Emmanuel, and so many others. It's too, too many to name on this project. So be on the lookout for the fall coming in 2022. We're currently set to end production, I'd say, by the end of this year. Hopefully to submit it to a couple film festivals to try to get a streaming deal and try to get it screened at a couple film festivals. That's the end goal. But if you guys are interested in checking it out, check out the Instagram page at the underscore fall underscore movie. Or literally probably just type in the fall and you'll see it right there. It's a film that's made by by this generation. You know, it's made it's made by by the youth for the youth. You know, I wanted to capture a fun, cool story that I don't want to reveal much, but look out for the fall coming next year. And on this week's interview, guys, I'm interviewing the fantastic Winona Bechtel, the director of development and partnerships with the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. I've always seen the Bob Baker Marionette Theater throughout my travels filming in and about L.A., and it was just always something that always would stick out to me that I'm like, huh, that seems so that seems so cool that there's a marionette theater. I had regrettably never been able to actually catch myself a show, but I've actually always been an admirer and appreciator of puppetry as a form of live entertainment, as a form of uh, entertainment that you see on TV. I grew up, of course, idolizing things like Sesame Street and the Muppets. So when I saw that our very own L.A. was home to the the world-famous Bob Baker Marionette Theater. And I wanted to see if I could get their story. I wanted to hear what the history was with the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. I wanted to hear what they're up to. I wanted to hear how we can catch some shows from them. And Winona did not disappoint. So I hope you guys will enjoy this week's interview. Check out some of their upcoming shows that they got coming up. Check out some of their Zoom shows. I think it's important for us to support local artistic endeavors and I think it's important especially now to go out and appreciate and support live shows live entertainment you know however way we can and I I think the thing that we touch upon in this interview the idea of showcasing theater in a way that children can easily kind of get involved in is important because I, I myself I do consider a lot of my endeavors my creative endeavors to be stemmed from my young love of theater growing up as a kid. Watching musicals and plays at the Pantages Theater 
So I can speak directly on the effects that watching live performance, watching live shows has on a person. So check them out, and I hope you guys enjoy this week's interview. Hello, my heroes, and welcome to this week's episode of the Indestructible Podcast, the podcast for the people, the podcast that can never die. I am your host, the Indestructible Danny Cano, and today I'm sitting here with the fantastic Winona Bechtel. How are you doing today, Winona? Hi, I'm doing very well. Uh, it's a little bit warm, but I can't complain because we have a whole team of puppeteers doing outdoor shows today, so I'm the one staying cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. And Winona is actually the Director of Development as well as Partnerships at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. Now, I think the first thing that I'd like to get into with you, Winona, is for the uninitiated, what is the Bob Baker Marionette Theater and how did you get involved in the company? Right. So it's it's always a little bit hard to describe when I say, hey, I work at a marionette theater. And especially over recent years, I mean, there have been people who are introduced to the theater when they're five years old, you know, as a young child growing up in Los Angeles. And more recently, we have a lot of folks who come as adults, whether it's for a film screening that we do or just, you know, maybe on a date on a Saturday puppet show or they're bringing their kids. So depending on how you first experience it, I think it colors the understanding. But but in essence, we're a 58-year-old at this point. We're entering our 58th year of operations of, as a historic puppet theater. And we were founded by Bob Baker in 1963 and most people know us from our old location which was near downtown LA we were there for 55 years but recently we've moved up to Highland Park since 2018 so we do daily puppet shows we say for kids of all ages but really it's just all ages and more and more you can find evening events and different types of explorations of music that we use or costumes or Bob Baker's work with Disney. There's just a lot of ways to get involved. But at the end of the day, you're there for a marionette show, which is the charming thing about it. Nice. And I know you had touched upon the idea of doing outdoor shows. Um, How did that come to be? How did you guys set those up? Yeah, so so outdoor shows are actually like a, a pretty large part of our history. So like I said, the theater started in 63, but our founder, Bob Baker, had been doing traveling shows at county fairs, department, department store window displays, really since like the late 40s, early 50s. So we've had a setup where, you know, you take a rack of puppets, you can pop up a stage pretty much anywhere. And we've done shows everywhere from the Hollywood Bowl to someone's living room. I mean, we can really scale up or down as much as possible, but obviously with COVID and a large percentage of our population being children, which aren't vaccinated yet, we've really thought, okay, we got to lean in to these outdoor shows again. And we've beefed up the setup. So we got some really nice new set pieces, new outfits for all the puppeteers. We've done a lot of repair work on the puppets. So the outdoor shows are looking bigger and better than ever. And you can catch us all summer. We're going to be doing a tour across LA and very soon opening up our theater again. But I think the traveling shows will be an even bigger part of our business than it was before, just because of how good we've gotten at it the last year. That's so cool. And I love that you guys kind of incorporate kind of a little bit more of like the traditional marionette style puppets. Um, Do you guys 
like, do, do you find it a bit of a challenge to kind of reinvent sometimes some of your performance? Do you guys always feel like you have to kind of come up with like a new style, a new puppet for your shows? That's a great question, just because our our archive and our library of puppets is so big. Like we have well over 2000 marionettes and they're all made in-house, pretty much like supervised by our founder, Bob Baker. But as you can imagine, you know, there's a whole team of costumers and painters and designers that went into building those over the last 60 years. So all of us feel like, okay, it's there's a lifetime's worth of work just interpreting what we have now, let alone, you know, doing anything new. But we're always trying to balance those two where a big part of the work that we do is sort of like historic presentation. Like here's a show exactly as you would have seen it in 1965, which is kind of a fun thing to do. But we also do really want to keep it fresh and keep audiences coming back. So I think in the next year or two, you'll start to see the first new Bob Baker productions in many, many years, just because we have a young, excited staff that is passionate about puppetry. And unfortunately, since our founder, Bob Baker, passed away in 2014, we want to keep his legacy going, you know, with, with new shows mm. as well, not just stop with his last show. So it's mm. it's a little bit of both, of preservation and also continuing to further this art. and show people what you can do with marionette puppetry because it's surprisingly flexible. Exactly. And I think that there's something very beautiful with the idea that you guys are trying to incorporate some of these kind of like older types of art forms into the new generation, because I, I think it, with art, we should always seek to preserve, but also to advance. And with that being said, I know that you guys are also experimenting with Zoom performances. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, like everybody this last year, we we're trying to just figure out, okay, what can we keep doing now that we can't have people actually physically come see our shows. So, you know, of course, we're a very analog company. We've only kind of just gotten on social media and stuff the last few years. But I will say like our, our crew of people, a lot of them come from like film and television backgrounds, from production backgrounds. So we were pretty eager and able to figure out how do we transpose this physical like 1950s era thing into something that's still fun on your computer? So I will say in the beginning, it was a little bit rough just because we're used to playing to an audience in person. And once we realized we need to treat the camera as the audience member, then we got really fun with the performances where we would set up like Zoom shows you could book and the puppet would you know, get really close to the lens, it would seem like it was looking right at you or popping off from the side of the screen and you couldn't tell how it got there. So I think when we started to play with the camera effects a little bit more as if it were the eye of an audience member, the shows got a lot more engaging. And what it also opened up for us is just the chance to be really focused like one-on-one -on -one with our fans, many of whom have been coming to the theater for 50 years, you know, in some cases. So instead of just being in a crowd of 120 people at our shows, we had a chance to do Q and A's after the show. We could tailor it, they could ask questions, they could talk with us in the chat. So I'm actually in many ways grateful that we made that leap to Zoom shows. And I think we'll, we'll keep it going because we have had bookings from Australia, from England, from New York. I mean, we now have Bob Baker fans across the world who were able to attend a show for the first time because we migrated over to Zoom. So it's it's been all in all just a really good thing that we definitely plan to keep even once we start doing in-person shows again.
And obviously we've seen it kind of done classically on TV shows, on films, but I think now with the Zoom space, we're kind of oftentimes placed into, oh my gosh, how are we going to continue to do our art form? How are we going to continue to create in this kind of weird box of a kind of connection, but somewhat still not exactly as visceral, maybe traditionally as puppeteering may have been. But I think it's cool that you guys are kind of incorporating new ways, like you said, kind of maybe doing effects with the camera or like you said, connecting now with the global audience, you know? Totally. And we've had to get, I mean, just so the last few years have been somewhat tumultuous for our company because like I said, we had to move from our old location back in 2018. And when we did our last show there, we didn't even know where we were going. Like we didn't have a lease signed. Everything was super up in the air. So we had to get really good about expressing why Bob Baker Marinette Theater was important and what it brought to audiences, even without a physical space. So like the work that we were doing back then to kind of get the city excited about puppetry and excited about our future, a lot of that weirdly played into 2020 just because we had to function without a space for a while a couple of years ago so in some ways it was almost like a little bit of starter practice where it's just you know it wasn't the first time we had to figure out what makes a show magical when you can't be there physically and what is the the, the vibe and the ethos and like the aesthetic stuff that can come across on a screen, even though that's not the most ideal thing for us, it, it did sort of force us to like distill it down into those basic elements. And it's, mm. I think what part of what made the transition a little bit easier when we had to go fully digital last year. Mm. And how did you yourself get involved with the company, Winona? Yeah, so like most people who work at the theater these days, I just kind of like found myself there, but I had been going since I was a little kid. So I have like a rainy January birthday and we always had to do indoor parties. <laughs> so I had like my fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth birthday party there. It was just a staple of my childhood growing up. And when I went to college and after I graduated, I started working for museum and art spaces. So I was doing that while kind of keeping an eye on what the theater was doing. Um, at the time, Bob was a very elderly man and there was some news coming out that he wasn't doing so well. And then when he passed away in 2014, it was just as I was kind of getting ready to go to grad school. So I found a way to make the theater my consulting project when I was in grad school in, in Claremont. So I did like hundred hours there for my project. And after that, I realized well, I can't leave, I'm just getting started. So I continued to volunteer slash pretty much work full-time there for the next three years on top of another full-time job I had. So this was in like the dark days of the theater when, like I said, Bob had passed away. We were about to lose our space to an apartment complex that was being built there. Um, it was just not looking really good. So I was quickly just invigorated by all the enthusiasm I felt there from the community and from the staff of just people who wanted to keep it going. So I kept on and we started having more and more success. And then when it finally seemed like, hey, this might just work and we might be able to save this thing, that's when I left my other job and I came on full time, um, honestly, just a little bit before COVID hit. So great timing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And are you yourself a puppeteer? 
No, I'm not. I, I kind of am a everything but. The, the closest I've ever gotten was a spotlight, which, you know, that in a pinch, it's kind of like, hey, can you run up and do spotlight? And I'd seen the show so many times I could kind of figure it out. But um, no, I'm not. And, and part of the reason why, well, I'm doing a lot of other stuff, but I also sort of like to keep it a mystery. Like I'm still mm -hmm. able to go in there and watch a show mm -hmm. and not quite know how it works just because I'm not a puppeteer. And I like being able to watch it from that perspective, but we are always bringing in new puppeteers and people are often surprised that we, we don't require any experience. We actually prefer that people don't have any experience because oh. our marionettes are so custom that in oh. some ways it's better if you come in not knowing anything about it and you just learn our way from the ground up. It's almost like you don't have any bad habits built in. <laughs> Mm. But we, we do hire some people who are puppeteers, but for the most part, you can just come in with enthusiasm and find yourself on stage in a couple months. Wow. Yeah, I was taking a look at your guys' website. I saw that you kind of had a little bit of applications open, huh? Talk yeah, a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. So, so, yeah, so obviously in the last year, we haven't done a lot of live shows, but now with you know our Zoom shows still active, outdoor shows, and we're soon to have shows at our theater, not to mention a residency at Knott's Berry Farm, which we're in the middle of. So we have like a permanent group of puppeteers that are down at Knott's Berry Farm. That makes for, you know, a group of people that would have to be in four places at once with how big our staff used to be. So we're really looking to the future so we can have way more offerings than just, you know, a Saturday weekend show. You'll be able to see us in Orange County. You could see us doing a traveling show in Santa Monica. You could come to our theater in Highland Park. You could watch a Zoom show from Australia. Like we kind of want to be as many places as possible. So we're staffing up. And again, it's just kind of, there's, there's really no requirement to be a puppeteer other than someone who's just excited and wants to learn about the way, you know, Bob Baker and his team have done puppets for the last 60 years. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like to think that if you become a puppeteer, you never know, like, you know, you'll be doing shows at the theater one day, and then th this is what happened a couple of years ago, like, Pink Martini came in to see a show, and they're like, hey, we're playing at the Hollywood Bowl later tonight, do you guys want to join us on stage? And then it just happened. So, like, it, it's truly a job where you never know where you'll be later in the day, and it's mm -hmm. got so many adventures built into it. I, I think it's one of the most fun jobs anyone can have. I knew that I know that you yourself had said that you actually reached out to the theater when you were uh, during your college years. Would you recommend it for like anyone that maybe has an interest? And I know you also said that you have a lot of folks from the industry, the film TV industry. Would you recommend it as kind of like a, a first introduction to that industry? Yeah, absolutely. So outside of jobs, we, we do also have a pretty regular volunteer nights that we're about to start up with again, and you can sign up and get on that list on our website. Um, we're also beginning an apprenticeship program in our workshop. So we've had a few people come through for that. And that's for folks that really want to learn about mold making and painting and how to actually build a puppet. So that's like a really intensive program where you, you work with Kevin, who's our technical director, who has a background in props and film and television, and he kind of teaches you everything he knows in addition to, you know, the, the kind of Bob Baker way of doing things. So yeah, there's, there's many, many ways to get involved. And we're such a small team there. I think it oftentimes seems like we're 
bigger than we are. So we can always use the help and we're super enthusiastic about internships and volunteers, as well as paid positions that come up quite a bit because the company is growing so quickly since since I've been there the last five years. Yeah. Definitely. And I know that you had touched upon the idea that you guys now are in partnership with Knott's Berry Farm. And I know that actually the theater has a pretty rich history with that. Talk a little bit on that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so a lot of people I think assume, oh, we do like Saturday morning puppet shows for kids and they don't quite realize that we have a long and rich history with theme parks across Southern California. So not only did Bob do window displays and make marionettes for that were sold at Disneyland and right on Main Street there. But Knott's Berry Farm, which has this huge puppet history from, you know, a puppet wagon they had in the 50s to um, Renee Zendejas, who was a contemporary and co-worker of Bob's, who did a marionette show there in the 1980s also at Fiesta Village, which is where we are now. It's kind of this long legacy of wanting, especially for Knott's 100th anniversary, to call back to those traditions and those histories of the theme park. So yeah, they asked us to you know, revive the practice of marionette shows at the park. So right now we're at Fiesta Village, Friday through Sunday, three, no, four shows a day. You could see us pretty much all day long there. And the puppets have been newly restored. They look better than they have in 50 years. And we're really hoping that, you know, even beyond September, it's going to be a long engagement for us. And it, it just fits in so well at the park in a way that, you know, I love knots because it, it just has such a, a history with like the old dark rides and just this amazing ghost town and even the chicken restaurant. So I, I like feeling that we're somewhere that values that history as much as we do it's just a really good match and i think super fun to see like an analog style of entertainment that is still really captivating even with the competing like roller coaster noise or like an ipad that a kid has they're always like if, if you get two giant ostrich marionettes coming out on stage like that's gonna hook them no matter what they're doing <laughs> so yeah it's, it's a really happy fit for us and we're so glad to be there that is so interesting because you're right. It does seem kind of like the perfect combination of two worlds because mm-hmm. Knott's kind of seemed kind of like that old fashioned yet heartfelt place that it, it, it is kind of like a mix of both worlds because obviously they've got these incredible rides, but it did always feel like it's like like when you would go into like Fiesta Village or like kind of like the old timey Western style theme mm-hmm. sections. It just seemed like, OK, I love yeah. this. It means it's like I'm transported back, you know? Oh, totally. And and we're all a bunch of like theme park nerds at, at, at the theater too, just because like I said, there's so much that Bob did for these kind of like traveling fairs and for Disneyland and these commemorative toys that just the vibe felt immediately right. And the longer we're there, the more we're trying to really like tailor our show and figure out how we can engage with those historic elements at the park and I love that it's for their 100th anniversary because they're just they're reviving a lot of things that they haven't done at the park in decades and from what I can tell you know we we have a pretty packed house at every single show so I I think it's working (laughs) and you know I, I think it's just it's fun for folks to see that kind of stuff again and it's why we've had the renaissance that we've had in the last few years just because i think there's there's a return to in-person physical entertainment that i also think post-covid since everybody's had to do zoom school and be at home and hasn't been able to go out 
I'm already getting a sense that we're going to have bigger audiences than ever just because folks have really missed being together watching live shows again. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's in essence a bit of a a bit of a beautiful thing that you guys are are being able now to give kids and just give people from all walks of life that that sense of wonderment again, you know, that that idea that I'm seeing a live puppet show, you know, that that never doesn't lose its wonderment too, you know, like even now, like when I see you guys, like when I, when I watch a bunch of YouTube videos, of you guys, I'm like, how do they do this? Yeah. It's, it's the techniques are, are actually mind blowing. And the more I learned about marionette puppetry, it's like, man, they've been doing this stuff like as far back as the Renaissance. Some of these tricks are just hundreds of year, years old, but it's a type of like practical magic. The same way when you see a really good card trick, it's just like, I, I know that there's a way this is possible, but I can't figure out how. <laughs> and it's it's the total charm in it is that it's just like someone who's really, really, really good at what they do. And they're just like blowing your mind, you know, right in front of you. And I think it's such an interesting art form because it is a little bit of everything. Like, it's like, you've got to be number one, an incredible performer. You got to be a magician. You've <laughs> got to be a, a great read of, of crowd. Like, Talk about a little bit about the importance of puppeteering. Why is puppeteering still important in this day and age? Yeah, it's. I, I think you're getting at something really interesting there because it's. There's so many elements of, of live entertainment that go into one of our shows. Like it is a little bit of a magic show. You're also kind of having to be like something of a babysitter just to really grabby four-year-olds. So like you're both trying to entertain the adult couple in the back but also having to keep an eye on this kid that's going to maybe like pull your puppet down if you get too close. But you also want to give them like a cute moment of the puppet sitting in their lap and engaging. And you're having to make sure that you don't drop the puppet, that you're standing light, you know, that you're paying attention to the sequences, that you're getting off stage at the right time. And a lot of times our puppeteers are doing multiple jobs when they're when they're performing a show where they might have to go back and help out with the drop right after they hang their puppet and then get back on, out on stage. So it's kind of just a fast paced live performance. And I think what's so special about what we do, even though it is great for all ages, oftentimes it's a child's first theatrical experience. So unlike, you know, taking a four-year-old to the opera where if they start screaming, you know, you're going to have to take them out of there really quickly. It's kind of a place where everything's happening at a kid's eye level. So it's, it's performed right in front of you. The puppets are sitting in your lap. If you're scared of the dark, like no problem. You can go out to the lobby for a little bit. Like it's a really welcoming environment to introduce young people to theater where they're not going to get punished and it's designed just for them. And it's kind of a way I hope to ease into so many other art forms that they could later learn to enjoy. But yeah, I think I think what we provide is just that first magical experience that hopefully hooks people, whether it's on our shows or on live music or on, like I said, opera or Broadway later on. It's just a child's first introduction to theater. And that's why I work at the theater now, you know, 25 years later is because it, it was such an impactful moment for me when I was four or five years old. And I'll, I'll see people come in, sometimes three generations of a family that have watched that show. You'll have a grandmother who came in the 50s 
and then you have her daughter and then you have like a three-year-old who are all watching the same show that they all grew up seeing and having this communal experience so it's yeah I, I can't think of many other jobs where you get to see something like that every week <laughs> absolutely yeah. you got you guys are still giving magic to generations yeah. and generations you know sure feels like it. yeah right <laughs> and i think just in closing winona um talk a little bit about where you see the future of the company going talk about the the future of the theater yeah so it, it certainly feels like we have a new lease on life since we made it through covid um it got pretty dicey November 2020. It was not looking good for us. And so we went out with a fundraiser. And I mean, it was the most like amazing thing I've ever seen is just the community and these donors and foundations all come together to essentially cover our budget for the rest of 2021. So like we're, we will survive, we'll get through this, we'll be able to reopen. And with that, that gift, honestly, we're really focused on now giving giving back to our community. So all the outdoor shows I was talking about we're doing this summer, those are all free shows. We're able to pop across the street to York Park and do shows there. We want to continue to keep it accessible, keep doing programs with schools, offering free field trips. I think more than ever, and especially as like a new nonprofit, which we've only been for about three years, I want to offer accessible programming and just just continue to make ways where anybody who has any interest in seeing a show or learning how to puppeteer they're able to do it with zero barriers so i feel like since we've been like i said given this new lease on life it's it's really important that we give back now and and continue to make it something that people can come to for another 58 years absolutely that's incredible winona and where can people find you guys on the internet yeah so like I said, we didn't we didn't have much social media a few years ago, but we're very active on Instagram these days at Bob Baker Marionettes. Um, Twitter's BBMT official. We're also on Facebook as Bob Baker Marionette Theater, and our website, which we keep up with these free shows with news about the theater's opening. You can sign up for our newsletter. We're all over online these days, and you can even book a Zoom show still. <laughs> so if you're listening from Philadelphia right now you can book a show for next Saturday <laughs> that's awesome Winona and I think just in closing I know that I speak on behalf of all of my fans here but we cannot wait to see you guys at a live show we can't wait to come out and support all of y'all and you and the Bob Baker Marionette Theater are definitely indestructible <laughs> oh thank you certainly feels like it <laughs>